Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on bluenile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey everybody, welcome to A Matter of Truth. Thanks for tuning back in. My name is Anthony. I'm going to be your host, well, your co-host today, and we have a very special guest today. I feel like it. Whoa, who let him in? What? Oh, back from the dead. Again. Back from the dead. Again, yeah. Right? How's it going? It's been a wild year. Oh, And... I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if I need to, uh, if people know who you are or uh, they're not familiar with the voice. I, 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 I sure hope so. <laughs> but I don't know. Why don't you go ahead and introduce, introduce myself introduce on my yourself. own show? Yeah, I think that might be best, right? Uh, um, so so for any listeners who maybe who who maybe came on board over the last, you know, I, oh my goodness, dude, it's been since last December. Year, yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, so it's been a year since almost we've reco- a year. Yeah, a year since we've recorded together. <sighs> but um, Alex and I started a matter of truth um, back a while ago. We go back, yep, and yep. Um, this is a guy. When I've said, "Hey, I'm," uh, um, you know, I met reference his name. I'm the co-host. I have another co-host. He's the guy that um, is supposed mm. to be on the other end of the mic. But I've been having guests over the last now almost yeah. a year and i'm the other guy that should have been on the show but you know <laughs> well you are like super super busy with a every- little bit yeah with everything you have going on a little on. bit yeah yeah so i guess i can give you a synopsis uh at reader's digest if you would yeah. view of the last year so um if you don't recall some of the last episodes that you and i recorded we talked about me taking on this new role as a pastor. Yep, that's right. And, and one of those, I believe, we were recording as I was driving to Iowa one night. In the snow. In we the snow. A, in yes. the snow, yes. In the snowstorm, yes. Yes. And so that was a fun episode, but I, it was like our testimonies, right? Yes, and it was. So, yeah, so a phenomenal episode. But, you know... It, that was probably one of the last times we sat down on the mic, just you and I, and recorded. And and I did it through my car uh, at night, driving from Chicago to Iowa, because I had left the corporate world uh, in December of last year and took a role as a pastor in a small town here in Iowa. And we were moving back and forth because I was pastoring during the month of December, but not living here yet. So right. I would commute out Saturdays, stay somewhere Saturday night, uh, either here in the house as it was being remodeled, or uh, I, st- I stayed at a, a congregant's house one night, and then we, my wife and I got a hotel like the first time we came out here. But, you know, going back and forth, you know, we, we started to move stuff slowly, and so I was taking a car trip and that's when we did that episode and, yeah. and 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 actually i if i remember correctly we recorded it just before it was like the day before christmas eve wasn't it yeah it was in that time frame back in, De- in yes. december yeah 
For yeah, sure. because I remember not only a, like two hours later after we ended our call, because like I, we had started the call and it's a five and a half, six hour journey. And we had started the call just about 30 minutes into my ride. Mm-hmm. And so we were on the phone for, I don't know, an hour or whatever. And this yeah. is completely not anything related to the show, but <laughs> we it drove for an hour, uh, did the call. And then afterwards, the snowstorm got so bad. I had to get a hotel that night on the side of the road. That's right. I I had to pull off to a small unknown town somewhere in the middle of Iowa, get a hotel and unload some of the stuff in my car because I was bringing like electronics and stuff in. And so I had like my computer monitors and I had my laptop and it is some other hardware. So I'm like lugging all of this stuff into this hotel at like, 1030 at night oh in the late <laughs> in, in a snowstorm too. To, right. to, of all things. I mean, it was blasting snow. Ugh, so, yeah, I remember actually getting uh, the text yeah. after after we uh, had recorded that episode and you saying about I got to pull over. I can't see. It's like a whiteout. It's just the snow. So I can't imagine, honestly, that whole <laughs> Midwest thing, I don't yeah, get it. Yeah, and the yeah, weather, I'm yeah. I'm a either West Coast or East Coast Lucky guy. Bird. Yeah, exactly. Right. And and the and with Iowa, it's funny because coming down eighty, eighties uh, southern part of Iowa, and and it's pretty flat in that mm-hmm. area where we're at. There's a little bit more hills, so it's not quite as flat. But man, coming into Iowa, it blew so hard. There were semis and tons of cars in the ditches i mean i was very fortunate not to get a car accident oh yeah without a doubt so the highways in the midwest are they just you know two lanes on one side two lanes on the other side okay yeah because going Mm -hmm. out to um bridgewater and we i take 81 and it's something else i mean i the 18 wheelers i can't even like deal with um driving it's so stressful in the evening, 18 wheelers. And, and, and you know what? I appreciate all you truck drivers. If there are any listening, mm-hmm. you guys are a blessing, by the way. I'm just saying that like I, you guys are, you guys got places to go and I'm guess I'm driving too slow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like stressing out and it's, you know, especially in the evening and like 81 is intense uh, in the rain. So I can't imagine my point in all that is I cannot imagine the Midwest in a snowstorm, and then you got Mack trucks and eighteen uh, wheelers, et cetera, et cetera, uh, barreling down, and you're in your car and you're just kind of trucking along. So yeah, it's intense. It's, it it's was white knuckling, man. White it knuckling. was, it was, and so I'm just, I'm just stoked that, like I said, I didn't get into any accident, yeah. and and the weather was mostly favorable for driving back and forth. Um, it How long did, did you do did, that for? Uh, I did it four weekends. Um, and really, because what happened was the first two weeks of December. Uh, so they called me over or over Thanksgiving. And on that Sunday at the end of November, they called me as their pastor. And then December 1st was like my official hire date. And then they had started doing the remodel in the house, which not remodel, but you know, they new carpet, new paint, uh, new light fixtures, new outlets, uh, all, you know, all the punch fresh, out work. Yeah. Right. And so they took them to about 20 days to get all that done. And so they did an, a crazy amount of job. Cause it's a pretty decent sized parsonage. I, I think we're at about 2000 square feet upstairs. Oh yeah. And, and we have another, uh, probably thousand square feet or more downstairs in the basement. Wow. And no, so yeah. they, yeah, they painted all the ceilings, all the walls. They put all new carpet in. They put carpet in a hallway that was used to be wood floor. They put in carpet in all the bedrooms that used to be wood, except my office, which I asked to remain with wood floors in there. Because oh, nice. I like I like that old uh, men's study type environment. So I have like, I have, oh, yeah. br- I have like brown lights in there. So when you turn them on, it's like really eerie looking. It's really awesome. I love it. Now, is that where you record? <laughs> is that where you record or is that your, you know, is your, is your office different from your recording? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I'll get okay. to that here. Yeah. So that's my ministry office. So I do all my schoolwork, uh, all my Skype videos, uh, church ministry stuff comes from that office. Okay. And then, so that was, uh, the first couple of weeks of December. So, we 
I would, um, I'm trying to think of how we stacked it. I think the first week we came here, my wife and I, we stayed at our, the president of the, of the council's house. Um, and then the following weekend, my wife couldn't come. So I just stayed here in the parsonage. And then after that, they had everything ready to go. And so we were able to move in the following week on like Friday. Nice. And, and the whole moving thing was a whole disaster. It was, we, we had contracted a moving company and they had quoted us and the church was going to pay for it. They quoted us like, uh, $2,000 or something like that to move our apartment from Oswego all the way to Stratford here in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And we were like, wow, that's a really good deal because going across state lines most of the time for moving companies is a very expensive ordeal. Yeah. And the other quotes I was getting were like north of $5,000. I was going to say two is cheap, like very cheap. cheap. Yeah. Very, yeah. very cheap. And so we were prepped on uh, Wednesday or Thursday to, to move. And so my, my, Wife's parents came up and my father-in-law was helping me mat, uh, pack stuff and station it downstairs in our garage and ready for the moving truck. And then uh, we were going to move everything Thursday and they were they told us that they would have the stuff in Iowa by Friday. That was their quote unquote guarantee. And so they th- this little box truck shows up at our house. Now, mind you, my wife and I have been married for 13 and a half years. We've got a full bedroom set. We've got a, you know, at the time our son wasn't born. We'll get to that in a little bit. We had a two-year-old daughter who had a full bedroom set. We had couch, two chairs, TV stand, all, you know, a hutch, all of the stuff that a normal family would have. And they show up with this little bitty box truck and this tiny little uh, yeah and one one person one person a little russian guy like five foot five maybe a buck ten at best just and he's like he was going on about how he can move everything by himself and we're like that hutch alone is 400 pounds the bed itself is 400 pounds you're not going to be able to do it yourself right and so I went, I, so I ended up calling the company, went round and round with him. I ended up canceling the order. I sent the guy home because I was like, because when he came there, he was telling us that he couldn't guarantee when our stuff would actually be delivered to Stratford. He's like, it could take a month or two. We're what? like, what? Yeah. What? Wow. I've and never he heard goes, of such a thing. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of a standard in that, you know, in these, uh, franchises that are not specifically geared towards moving people like two men in a, in a truck is a pretty big nationwide brand. They're really good at moving people, yeah. but like these, co- these other big companies now nah, they're moving, they're more freight movers and stuff. Right. And so my father-in-law and I went and got a U-Haul at like seven o'clock that night. And we spent the next four hours packing this U-Haul and then we called, um, I had a, I have a realtor friend in Chicago, so we called him and he got us in touch with a company that he trusts. They shipped out a couple guys the next morning at eight o'clock and for $200, these boys came in and moved everything heavy and put it into the truck and stacked it uh, nicely, professional, you know, okay. pa- packing and all that sort. Right. And then, uh, when we got here to Stratford Friday, um, we had the church come and unload. We had a bunch of young guys from the church unload for us. So really a easy transition after the moving dilemma. But so, yeah, so we moved in the middle of December, left corporate Chicago. I took a job as a pastor in Iowa and um, it, it's been it's been busy, but not like busy, you know, like I have 10 meetings a day busy. Like I'm not a mega church pastor. Um, my congregation's like 60 people mm-hmm. on a reg- on a norm on a good Sunday, but it's busy because we found out in middle of January that my wife was expecting our second child. Right. And, and so that plus school plus ministry, uh, really amped up the first six months. Um, and then in like February, 
I was walking to service one day, one, one Sunday morning, and I, I uh, slipped on a piece of ice and fell and messed up my back. Oh, wow. That yeah. I didn't hear about. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I, I don't know if I really told a lot of people about it, but it really kind of messed with me because they put me on some of these anti-inflammatory drugs. Right. And I'll tell you what, man, from the middle of February until the end of April, those things warped my mind. I was tired, lethargic. I was taking naps on a regular basis, like every day, because I was just so tired. And and I was having really bad sleeping habits at night. It's like I'd go to bed at like three in the morning and get up at like eight or nine. Right. I mean, I was just a train wreck on these drugs. Mm. And so I finally get off of them. And and within about two or three weeks, because there was a residual hangover on them. It was. So, it's not. It's not the uh, the oxy, was it? Did they try no, to be like you got to get no. you got to get some oxy here? Yeah, no. Thank no, God it wasn't oxy, but oh it gosh, was. I, right? I don't remember what it was, but it was something I've never taken before, and it really warped me. And so I uh, I got off of that in April. We celebrated my daughter's third birthday and Easter, and we had a really awesome spring period. Uh, and then summer rolls around. I finished my semester in school. Um, I struggled, man. I tell you, I struggled with my confessions class, Lutheran confessions. Mm-hmm. And because I've never taken a class on a confession before. Right. And it wasn't just like a, you know, read, read the Augsburg confession and the 26 or eight articles that are in there and understand right. it. No, it's read the entire book of Concord. Ooh. And then, and then all of the history in it, like everything that went into making that and everything that happened as a result of, wow. And so it was crazy complicated. And, and I think that was by far the hardest class I will have to take in seminary, but I finally got through with it at the, towards the end of the summer. I checked it off my list in August that I finished some of the paperwork for it and moved on now i'm taking a class on god so uh what my professor that i'm with now teaches a series of classes and he and he goes through the articles of the uh apostles creed and so oh, i've nice. taken this yeah and so i've taken the second and third article uh which was jesus christ um was the second article we studied mark for that and then we studied for the holy spirit um paul's letters uh, galatians romans uh were the two biggest ones that we went through and now we're doing God the Father, and we're going through Genesis. How many articles? See, how do they break it up? Uh, just three: God just the Father, God the Son, and Son, God the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Yep. Okay, gotcha. Yep. I didn't. I didn't know if you meant articles, meaning like, and forgive my ignorance. I, I actually, I didn't know if you know the Apostles' Creed. They were breaking it down like the whole Apostles' Creed and going like first section, second section, third section type of a thing, like line oh. by line. Yeah, so the Lord's Prayer is done in that fashion. It's done okay. in what and what's called petitions, and so each "quote unquote" phrase uh, is a petition. So there's an introduction, and then six petition, six or seven petitions, and then uh, the conclusion. And the Apostles' Creed is only broken into three articles, and it's and it's kind of hard to track all of it, but three articles, and they just cover what we believe about God the Father, what we believe about Jesus Christ the Son. And what we believe about the Holy Spirit. And so now the class I'm in covers God the Father. So we're going through Genesis. And it's really a, a phenomenal class. I've been really uh, a lot, having a lot of fun with it. I'm preaching on Genesis 4 this weekend at my church as I'm going through the new Bible series uh, through the quote-unquote Sunday school stories. Oh, okay. and yeah, so like That's I cool. figured, yeah, and I thought, you know, it's it's a reminiscent type sermon series and it takes people through the uh you know, all their favorite Sunday school stories we we did we've done creation, we've done the fall, and we're going to do Cain and Abel, and then we're going to look at uh the flood, Abraham, and then Abraham's descendants, and then we're going to go to Moses and the Exodus, the 10 commandments. Uh, and then we'll move into some of the judges, not all of them, but like, we'll look at like, uh, uh, what I can't think of the, the name. Um, oh, Piddles. 
that's been my brain for the day. <laughs> it's been one of those. Uh, but we'll look at the judges and then we'll go to Kings and look at like David and Solomon and things like that. And okay. So on and so forth. So we'll look at some of the big prophets, but like things that like if you were to think about the Bible, those stories that stand out to you, those are the ones we, we really want to hit. Right. Yeah, I actually caught uh, some of your, I, I guess it was when you opened up with cre- the creation on something you posted mm-hmm. on your on your Instagram. So that was probably right when you kicked off the series. Yeah. Yep. Then. Yeah, I've tried to keep about one to five minutes or, or about four to five minutes worth of content because, you know, my sermons are about 30 minutes mm-hmm. and and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I'd love to preach longer, but I don't. Right. And so I keep them within a relative small framework. And then if I share it on social media, it's a, it's usually a smaller fraction because if you are enticed with these few minutes of what I'm showing you and they're random, I like, it's not like I'm doing it on purpose to find a particular bullet point to address. I'm literally most of the time I'm going to share you a sermon are the first few minutes of the sermon itself. Yeah. And then everything thereafter uh, you can find on YouTube. Yeah, no, the clip you, you know with 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 creation, um, uh, it, it definitely caught my ear. And and I and I think that with uh, going through the book of Genesis, I'm actually going through that I, uh, myself right now. I'm actually at um, nice. I'm actually at e, uh, blah, 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 Esau and uh, you know him giving up his birthright and uh, going through it. There's there's so much you uncover, you know. It, you you kind of you kind of said earlier that you go through the story, you know, the, the kind of the famous stories that you hear as a kid, right? Adam and Eve, yep. and, and yep. but there's so much meat to in Genesis that, um, you know, and with the Old Testament, I mean, it's part of our foundation of our faith. Uh, Absolutely. And uh, a lot of people, you know, they wanna they kind of wanna uh, they wanna talk about Genesis and um, as just kind of you know, it's like the Greek myths or something. Yeah. And um, so it's uh, it definitely caught my my attention when you when you posted that. I, that's awesome. I'll have to go back and uh, to your Facebook page, your your church Facebook page. That's where your sermons are, right? Yeah, they're they're on our church Facebook page and uh, on our YouTube page as well. So okay, now that's that's great. I definitely want to go back and check it out. And you know, the story of of Abraham and. I'm currently going through that, like I said, right? Yeah. And I think it's it's amazing, the account, and how it talks about, you know, the descendants and, and just really outlines the promise of God and how God keeps it, kept his promise right, to right. Abraham and how God uses the different, who he chooses, who he loves, and how he wants to use through the accounts, you know, through Abraham, Isaac, and through Jacob and rereading it, just the Holy Spirit unveils and, and reveals things um, to me every time. They're just not fairy tales and, and stories. It's never-ending truth that you continue and continue to grow in that God reveals every yeah. time. You know, it is actual history, and that's what I really stressed in the first uh, sermon on Genesis one was the interpretation of Genesis mm-hmm. and you know and and, and I really kind of left it to be uh either or between old earth and new earth in terms of the time of creation I said yeah. it but I really stressed the the framing of if you read Genesis the only proper way to do so is from a historical perspective like this is a history book so these events actually happened right and then i said you know if you interpret the days to be different or you you know you and i mentioned this when i did the uh genesis 3 sermon that the time period between two and three isn't given so that could account for you know millions of years of space and time if you are an old earth believer um I don't know many people that hold that, but I know it's out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've heard it's out there, and the whole you know the theistic evolution. Um, there, there, yeah, there is theistic where, evolution, which is um, they believe God kicked off the you know the evolution, whole evolution, yep. <laughs> evolution, yeah, you know. So, 
Um, no, and I, I, you know, again, that's what caught my caught my attention with what you posted because I, I kind of wanted to hear what you had to say. Uh, yeah, and, and and I'm not saying or implying that uh, this has anything to do with salvation. It absolutely does not. But you know, right, we, right, right. So we have to consider, though, um, you know, the the fact of the genre of in the opening um, the opening parts of Genesis is literary. Um, you know, how would 4.600 million or 100 billion years mm-hmm. fit into scripture at, at any point in time? Because it really doesn't. And, and I think the reality of it is we we don't know what we don't know because we weren't there. So these theories and these ideas that play out because man right. has to be right and correct or have a, an answer for everything instead of letting mm-hmm. what belongs to God belong to God. His will, his 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 own personal will, things that he didn't reveal, um, and, and letting those go instead of introducing these theories that can lead you down rabbit holes, and that there's just no scripture that that even talks about what the actual age of the earth is. So that's another big contention within the body of Christ is, you know, and you pointed that out with young earth, old earth. And I, I, again, I guess I would lean, like I said, more young earth because again, where in scripture would millions and millions and millions of years fit in. And again, that's with studying interpretation and getting into it as, as I'm learning it. But I just think God means what he means. And if God can raise Jesus from the dead three days, he could certainly create the earth An almighty, all powerful God can create the earth in six literal days. He's God. He can do whatever it is he wants. Right, right, Period. right. And it, it really does, it leads to multiple holes and it leads to multiple problems and it leads to, uh, you know, all sorts of really bad interpretation of scripture. And, you know, and look, your view that you read and interpret scripture is different than mine. It's different than anybody else. You know, unless you have a, a small segment of people that you kind of uh, run with, most of the time your hermeneutics are going to be slightly skewed based upon your life experiences. And, and, and it's not always a bad thing, but we have to be very careful with how we approach scripture based upon our life experience and, and or influences that we've had upon ourselves. Okay. Um, let's, Let's dig into that a little bit. If yeah, you can yeah. um, talk a little bit about hermeneutics. Uh, some people might not have might not have heard the term. Uh, it's something new, and and really, hermeneutics is biblical interpretation and and what that looks like. Because we talk about you, you mentioned how they're going to be slightly different uh, based around your your life experience, and, and but you know there are right. principles to biblical interpretation um, that you know, we should follow. And, um, you know, we talk about the plain text and what it means with, right. you know, yep. literal books right. in, in reading scripture. And I know I'm getting to a rabbit hole here. No, nope, no, nope, it's good. <laughs> right. So, That's what we're all about. Yeah. And, uh, so, so hermeneutic <laughs> is essentially one's perspective of how they read and interpret scripture. And yeah. if you read scripture and you take everything as a literal perspective chances are you're going to fall into a dispensationalist kind of melting pot and in this melting pot you're going to find people really heavy on eschatology and all of these things being signs and wonders pointing us to the end of times and these certain things have to happen and then the seven-year tribulations come and yada 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 that's one just fragment of people out there and then there's obviously in and within the eschatology bracket there's four different major four major there's plenty of minor but four major uh, interpretation views of scripture and these apply to the entirety of scripture and i addressed that Uh, On the show, on that series, like when I was in Genesis and I covered the flood and then I covered a few other aspects of it, you could take those as, you know, as certain uh, typological events that were pointing Mm -hmm. or a shadow to something greater. uh, And and so it, it 
it can lead to some some really awkward understanding of scripture especially if you're in the book of revelation yeah oh yeah elsewhere you can you can get away with it but in revelation it is an it is very hard to apply a literal interpretation through the entire book consistently Mm -hmm. you will you will run into problems theological problems but that doesn't mean that dispensationalists are wrong uh i you know, I've yeah. come out and said I'm an amillennialist myself, and and that's how you know that whole year long study in eschatology really unpacked me too. Um, and so uh, as that is is one method, there are many again many methods of, of hermeneutics. So uh, I taught a uh, I was a teacher for a Bible study fellowship group which is this big nationwide it's actually around the world organization and they do men's groups and women's groups yeah and they're they are fantastic they are phenomenal they are they're deep and and they are just truly major blessing to get guys and and women into the word of god and actually study it and so i was a teacher uh, for a small for a small group that we had in Aurora a number of years ago, and I would go on Saturday mornings and we would take a a 20 minute hermeneutics class and we would look at the scripture. And so one of the methods that they would teach is if you could take this passage and sum it up into 10 words or less, how would you do so? And that was one method that they took for hermeneutics and and apply and using it application and all that. They didn't really get too deep into, but that was their method of reading the scripture and, and rephrasing what was being said. Right. Um, Um, Then you get it. Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. So I'm hoping you can, and you probably will Mm -hmm. down the line, um, in your answer, in, in your response to uh, hermeneutics, touch on the, the different genres of, of, of biblical literature. You know, there's the law, history, wisdom and poetry, prophecy, gospel, and the letters. And, you know, they're obviously um, the most important thing about, I think, with the principles of, of you know, hermeneutical principles, I should say, uh, with biblical interpretation is scripture is best uh, yeah, is, yeah. is the best interpreter of scripture and um, text of scripture must be interpreted in context both immediate and, and, and broad context right so um, because I think a lot of people you know you look at the genres you're gonna look at you know obviously the poetry and and, and, and there are, there are certain there are principles in how you read poetry right it's not literal. You know, and there's the the allegories within scripture that we see and we read, and it's some of it is most of, you know those things are common sense to, in how you how you're reading. Things. Right. So yep. Maybe you could touch on that. Yeah. So uh, this actually would be answered in in my next section, um, but now I can kind of highlight the importance of this uh, in deeper rate. When, again, these are just more methods of hermeneutics. You can go and pick up a book on it, and you'll probably learn from, if there's 10 authors writing a book on hermeneutics, there's 10 different ways that they are going to tell you to interpret scripture. Right. And and not that they're all wrong or or good. They're just different. And they take different ways to essentially, almost most of the time, get to the same truth. So... Uh, it's like, you know, from me to, from, from where I live here to where you live, I'm sure there's probably 10 different routes to get from my house to your house. And is there one route that's the best? Yeah, there probably is, but it's because we live at such a degree of difference. You're probably going to have to take multiple changes in different directions and things like that to get there. And so you can go different routes. You could take interstates or highways our highways better, our interstates better. That's negligible, but the end result is getting from point A to point B. And so, when you pick up a book on hermeneutics, you're going to find these different methods to get there. And as long as you're arriving at the same conclusion, mm-hmm. you're okay. 
but there are different methods of actually reading the entirety of scripture. And, and two of them I I'll tell you about are uh, prevalence in evangelical Christianity today. Even if you don't think, know, or, or apply it to yourself. And the one is being a theologian of glory and the other is being a theologian of the cross. The theologian of the glory is going to interpret scripture in the method that you're always trying to find a way to do one of two things. You're either trying to uh, mount yourself back to the glory pre-fall, because the theologians of glory would would look at Adam and Eve previous to the fall and say they had some glory given to them by God. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they fell... And they became rubbish, worthless, wretched, disgusting, despicable, insert expository or explicit name here, creatures. And and so with Christ, the method to being a theologian of glory is to find your way back to right standing through your works or your methods or your understanding of scripture and your application to read it and teach it. That's not a bad thing, but it's not the way I look at scripture myself. I look at scripture through the eyes of being a theologian of the cross, which is um, a manner of looking and saying, yes, everything in scripture leads us to the cross and the cross is the definitive and and final point for the Christian. Our sins are dead on the cross and we are, uh, baptized as Paul tells us into a death like Christ and so as Christ dies on the cross and he is uh, and the, that sin is taken with him and, and it's funny I'll get into this in a minute on the post I put up today on uh, Todd White's view of that um, as Christ becomes sin on the cross and takes our sin from us and dies then we are baptized into a death like that and so our baptismal essentially our baptismal death is new life because we are now made righteous and a new creation in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I put my emphasis on is, is creating is taking the complexity of scripture and making it simple for people today. Cause it, and I'll get into a little bit, some more historical hermeneutics in a second, but the, 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 for Christians today, the simplest form of the gospel I can give you is Jesus Christ forgives you of your sins. And, and I've had, I've had a few people ask me, how do I engage somebody who doesn't believe? I said, you just keep telling them that. And one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to flat out reject with pure hatred against those words. They will reject it with pure hatred or over time, the Holy Spirit will work on them and give them faith and save them. Open their eyes, right? Yep. Exactly. And so it's the the simplest sermon you can deliver to a person is Jesus Christ forgives you of your sins. So that's how I boil the entirety of the New Testament down. Now, are there is there much more to scripture? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, you've got 66 books in the Bible written over the course of three millennium by 40 plus different authors, all inspired by the Holy Spirit, all conveying the same message. The Old Testament is the redemptive promise from God in Genesis 3.15 that leads us all the way to Christ in the New Testament, and then Christ is the promised Messiah from the New Testament on. And so if you read the Old Testament, and this is one thing we're doing in uh, our Bible study for Undying Light on in Hosea, is... We're, we're examining this from the eyes of what Israel would have examined it mm-hmm. in that time period okay. because, because they don't have a promised Messiah. So context matters when you read, when you use hermeneutics, context matters. Oh, absolutely. When, when you have uh, passages or, or books in the Bible that are prophetic in nature, like if you're reading a major or minor prophet, or even if you're reading some of the historical books, when there is uh, words being spoken, there has to be context to that. 
And, and I think some of the biggest things that Christians get away from is for instance, like Jeremiah 29, 11, they take that and think, Oh, God has plans for me and I'm going to be prosperous and wealthy and, and all this. No, the context to that is to the Israelites who are in exile at Babylon, at Babylon, and they were given this promise, not you, you weren't an Israel exile. And, and so that's where we get to this big disconnect, especially in today's big churches is context has kind of moved out the door and eisegesis has moved back in. And there's a difference between eisegesis and exegesis and eisegesis essentially is just, I'm placing myself into the text and reading it as a manner of, I'm the one receiving these. I'm the one that's given these promises. I'm the key f- character in the story. You know what? You are touching on something uh, that's just huge. It's a huge issue within our church. It's biblical illiteracy, you know, and reading and comprehending scripture in the language and based on your thoughts and your own yeah. process. You know, it, it's it's a major issue because scripture is not about you and what you think and how you feel. And it is the pastor's job to to teach um, biblical literacy, to teach people how to understand the Bible, how to read the Bible, how to speak about the Bible. And how is that handled? How do you tackle that? Well, having a proper and right hermeneutic, biblical interpretation, following key principles. These are the types of things that grow you as a Christian, right? Yeah. And so when you're reading the scripture, you're not just, you know, reading and being like, okay, I'm going to insert myself here. I'm David. You know, I can slay the giant. And, 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 and you know, with respect mm-hmm. to things that come your way, sure, there's application and whatnot. Um, and you can look at the story of David and how he put his faith. But that's what you're, in, in God, in conquering what was before him, you know, that's, that's fine. And that's how we should look at the application. But Scripture is not written yep. about me, okay? It's about God and what he chooses and what he is going to accomplish through the people in Scripture. It's about his glory and about Jesus, about the Son of God, the Savior coming from beginning to end. He will return. So it's a huge issue, discipleship in, in the church from the pastor and biblical illiteracy is a huge issue within churches that pastors need to do their job and need to focus on discipleship and teaching the parishioners, the congregation, how to understand and read scripture. That is so crucial in, in, in churches. Right. Yep. 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 And one last thing with respect to that reading scripture, it's reading it in context. Not just, you know, a few sentences before or and after. It's reading the paragraph, the chapter, uh, looking at the author's intent overall with the book. It's 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 a bigger thing than just I'm gonna I'm gonna prove text, I'm gonna take this to apply this in my life. Okay. So that that we see um continuously happening um in churches. When you're talking to people, uh, uh, you know, on social media, yeah, so those are the things that need to be to be addressed. Context is context is bigger than just the immediate uh, scripture verse before or after. Yeah. It's, it's larger than that. Yeah. So one of the biggest things um, with context. As, as you said, it's not just the sentence or verse before or the paragraph before or even the chapter before, but it's the entirety of the book that you're reading. And and each of the 66 books has a different style of message that it's bringing. Even the even the, the Gospels, the three synoptics and, and then John, 
They all convey the same message. However, context and interpretation matter uh, when when reading those because you're going to read something in Matthew and it's going to seem out of place when you read it in Mark because the accounts are different. And so you have to understand what's going on here. It, yeah. yeah, sorry. Remember your thought yeah. and come back nope, to you're it. Good. <laughs> um, you just made me think of something. So in uh, there's a guy, He's an he was an investigator. Uh, his name is Jay Warner Wallace, former uh, criminal investigator, murder case investigator. And he wrote Cold Case for Christianity. And in the book, I remember him talking about. If oh, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if, yep. you've taught, if you've got three witnesses in a murder case, you can expect slightly different versions of that event. So, you know, no three witnesses are going to have the exact same um, uh, points about a specific event because yep. their perspective yep. is all different. So uh, I think that's an important thing to remember because, you know, people say, well, the gospel contradicts each other, the, the, the gospel counts, and that's not the case. So um, anyway, sorry to interrupt. I'll let you get back to your point. I just wanted to kind of point that out based on what, you know, right, what right. you were saying. No, no, you're good. So but, continue. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great input. Um but when you read the Gospels, and as you said, if you were to take four people, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, obviously, here's the kicker, uh, Mark and Luke didn't actually travel with Jesus, and so their accounts are essentially secondhand. Uh, Luke is the same author as Acts, and he's the same one that traveled with Paul, and so he gets his Gospel account through Paul. So... You know, context matters. Understanding the books matter because you have to understand that Mark didn't travel with Jesus, but he's recounting the most important pieces of the ministry and life of Jesus in Mm -hmm. those short 16 chapters. So when you read, it's always important to understand the history of the book, who wrote it, the time period that it's in, what is happening to either if you're in the Old Testament, what's happening to the nation of Israel, if you're in the New Testament, if it's a gospel, what you know, that's pretty self-explanatory. It's the life of Jesus. If it's a letter, who's the letter being written to? Why? What's the surrounding history to this town, this city, this church? Why is Paul or Peter or John or Titus or Timothy writing these letters to these churches? And that matters. And so that's yeah. why I, I take on on Undying Light. Uh, the, especially with the series that I'm in now, I give you a intro to the section that we're in. So tomorrow's episode is going to drop. It's the intro to Esther. And so I spend 20 some minutes going over the, 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 essentially the preface to the book so that the, those who are going to listen to the show can understand what in the world is happening in this book? Because if I yeah. just open the book and I just start reading it and start saying stuff, nobody's going to know what's going on. And and that's, you know, when I did the Song of Solomon, Esther, I'm going to do Zechariah next. And then I've got a couple other books in the Old Testament I'm going to spend time in. They require context. And if you don't provide context for the people, then you're you're missing out on on probably 50% of the story. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The the original cultural setting of the text and understanding what the author of the text meant and who he wrote that original that, you know, that the book, who the audience is and what he's trying to convey. I mean, there's that information, like you said, in the interest of the book, there's such a wealth of information. And that is that is absolutely crucial to uh, biblical interpretation yeah. and, and a proper harmony. Nope, nope, you're right on. And that's. Okay. That's the that's the whole context surrounding, uh, you know, hermeneutics and, and interpretation of scripture. It's just, you know, it's a very vast topic. Like I said, and you can go and pick out oh, yeah. ten different books, and you're going to get ten different paths to interpreting scripture. And some are great, some are helpful and useful, some are uh, basic and elementary in context, and others are yeah. advanced. You know doctorate level seminary type mm, yeah. methods yeah they have uh courses on contextual criticism i took one online um i need to actually get through it a little bit more and go back to it but you know you know the verse out of context uh 
any verse can you take it out of its context it can mean something yep, completely yep, yep. different right than what what the author intended it for so that you know the focus on looking and the importance of looking at you know the context of a verse in its chapter in its book and the overall biblical context you know that whole study is so important it's i mean it, honestly it's something that um mm-hmm. you know a few years ago i didn't even think about completely didn't think about um so there really is an art there really is something to actually studying scripture it's it's not just right. reading you know key verses and taking things out of context and you know latching on to just specific the the popular verses in scripture that we see thrown around to yep. support yep. right to support things like name it claim it uh, wealth prosperity all of those things uh because that's all based on self. It's like, I want this. I want this. It's for me. This is for me to claim, and this will be manifested in my life. No, all things are for the glory of God. All things point to yeah. Jesus. Well, Scripture and, is, a, is yeah, about Jesus. And I think it goes to even to what I posted last night on social media, or it was the night before, uh, with the Joe Thorne post. And that really got a lot of people uh angry like they were not happy with this quote and it simply said people who chase conspiracy theories uh often view jesus as boring or something in that nature and Mm. and really the the context to the message and i tried to explain it and maybe i didn't do a good enough job but it really made a lot of people mad is the fact that if you spend your days pursuing the the ways of the world all of these conspiracy theories that are floating out there that you know there's yeah. lizard people among us or aliens are, are you know here at area 51 and the government's conspiring to kill all of its citizens and or the secret organizations of throughout history of the world are coming about and they're going to take right. over and if you waste your life chasing those things, you've missed out on Jesus. And and to yeah, and to go to your point with the Bill Johnson aspect, you are filling your mind with this lie from the world and the lie that Bill Johnson and all these other fluffy theologians out there, teachers out there, give you. When in reality, there is so much more depth to Scripture that you will never be able to exhaust it in your lifetime. True. You could, right. you could try. I, I was it, it might've been Spurgeon or, or somebody else. I, maybe he was more of a modern preacher, but this, this individual read the Bible, something like, uh, 16 times a year. Wow. For, for his entire preaching life he he right. he read it 16 times a year he'd read it um about it was like one point five or six times a month like he'd read the whole bible and a half every month and he spent hours a day studying and he said at the end of his life that he still didn't exhaust everything in scripture wow yeah i mean we <laughs> Uh, you know, we've all seen the, you know, the, the meme out there. Mm-hmm. You, know, you want to hear what God has to say? Open the Bible, and yep. and that and that's the problem. And look, I'm calling people. I'm calling myself out here. Like, I mean, that's why I'm, I'm back oh, in yeah. Genesis. Yep. Uh, you know, um, you know, I, I want to hear God. I need to get in His Word. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's more than just praying. And and again, I say this from the sense of, you know, as a Christian. And having a regenerated heart and and just being made new, I, I long for those things. And I find when I stay, and I, I I'm sure everybody can relate. I, when I stay away from from the things of God and you know listening to His Word, reading His Word, you know it. That's exact. That's that's exactly what the devil wants. He wants to pull you away. So you you know your your first love just it, 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 the light fades out. Mm-hmm. You know he wants to distract and and to your point earlier with the conspiracy theories, I really truly firm. You know, look, they're fun to talk about. You oh yeah, and, yeah, and everything. And you know that and that's cool. And, and and we can say that. But when it becomes when it consumes you, and it becomes this thing where it becomes fear mongering and just. 
it consumes your every thought and, and it's just not, it's not healthy. It's not what scripture teaches in any way. And I had a post to your point with the Joe Thornton quote, mm-hmm. I posted something and said, scripture doesn't say proclaim fear, worry, and conspiracy theories mm-hmm. among people. What, what does scripture say? It says, go into the world and proclaim the gospel mm-hmm. uh, to, to the whole creation, declare his glory among nations. Right. Yep. So to all people. And that's what we should be doing. And somebody posted um, a comment and they were like, oh, okay, buddy. Yeah, just go stick your head in in, in the sand. And Yeah, I know, got a lot just, of that too, so, yep. So it was, it was so, un, it was just, to me, it was very prideful, unloving. And this person, you know, they proclaim to be a Christian. I'm sure they are. Yep. But it's like they had a moment, clearly. And, you know, where this other person said, well, I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. And I could agree with... That that person's approach and how they approached me with a, the comment, I appreciate it, and I, I was like, I agree. I, I'm I'm not saying that we shouldn't call out false teachers. I'm not saying that we shouldn't defend God's word. And I'm and and clearly, you know, um, I think from the standpoint of, uh, you know, these different types of things, whether it's listening to music or things things that are secondary, mm-hmm. sure, we, we can have an opinion and um and and talk about, but. When when you start diving in and everything becomes the fear mongering, the you know, the the conspiracies, uh, you know, uh, right down to I mean, right down to where we are in this world with COVID, man, it it just you dude, it's like you're paralyzed with fear. Mm -hmm. And, 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 And how is that even okay? Right. That from the Christian community, they're paralyzing you. Yes. Right. And then from the secular, worldly secular standpoint, you're paralyzed. And and I say that, you know, I'm just speaking my heart here, man. I, I got I had COVID. I was down for 10 days mm-hmm. and it was the most brutal thing I've ever experienced in my life. It is like a re, it is absolutely not a, just the flu. Right. It is absolutely not just the flu. Right. And I know there are more severe cases than others, but, you know, but what I'm saying is at what point? Do we trust God? We we need to trust God uh, in a pandemic, out of a pandemic, going through if you're sick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was terribly sick. It, it hit yep. me hard. And I had to put my complete trust in the Lord to get me through. And there were people that um, gave me suggestions, advice. And I, I believe that was... God's providence in, 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 and it helped me with my recovery, but the right. fear mongering from both sides. Um, yes. and, and I say that from, you know, the, the, the Christian side, there's fear mongering. And then the, the, the worldly secular view, there's, there's, um, there's the fear mongering right. because right. get vaxxed, don't get vaxxed. Uh, what do you do when you have COVID, et cetera? I mean, we're just, we're just spinning our wheels and the wheel is fear. And we're just, it seems like we're, we're in it where, you know, you use discernment, use godly discernment, you know, and, and look at what's best for you and your family, uh, you know, and weigh it. Yes. Weigh it against scripture discernment that, that, that's, that's all I'm talking about. And, um, it's just one of those things, right? Well, And, and, and I think you bring up a good point. It's, the fact is, is churches have taken the lie that Satan has given them, telling us that we have to live in fear of this virus, that mm-hmm. it is the ultimate controlling factor for Christians and Christian life. And you have to take that and and live in knuckle gripping fear for, the, you know, for forever until the government tells you that COVID has subsided and you can go on about your day. Yeah. And, and, and again, this lie goes all the way back to the garden when Eve, when Eve was sitting there with Adam and the serpent comes up and says, did God really say, right? That is the original lie. The original point of temptation, the original doubt placed in Eve's ear and it is the same one that is being same placed one. in Christians' ears today. Did God really say, you will surely die? Right. Because for the Christian, death isn't the final point in our life, in our yeah. journey. It is just the next step. Yeah. For those outside of Christ, death is fearful. And it should be. 
because they will face judgment. Yeah. 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 I mean, that is spot on. And, and you're absolutely right. That is the, that, you know what, that's the only thing Satan, Satan is, uh, you know, that's all he's got is, yeah. is that that's all, yep. all he's ever said from the get. And it's, it's insane how that is manifested into so many different variations, you know, that you hear, whether it's, you know, you know, on the news, from uh, from the media, right, right into, you know, I would say so-called Christian churches. It's this, it's the same thing, right. bringing it kind yes. of full circle here back to Genesis. You know, that's, that's the same thing with, well, did God really mean six days? Right. You know, yep. Come on. Yep. Come on. Did yep. God really mean like there was a really a flood and there was a big boat bill? Come on. You know, that's yeah. it's Satan's got the same trick and it just is just regurgitating it, packaging it up in different forms and and spinning it out there. And right. we are so easily just like just like the Israelites, dude, we are well, so easily, easily distracted and, yep. and, and led astray. I mean, it's yep. I mean, you just get dig into old, the, the Old Testament and you'll see you're like, man. They kept repeating mm-hmm. the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over over and over again. Yep, it's the same message, the same shortfall every time. Yeah, yeah, and you know we sit here and we scratch our heads and we're like, you know, why is, you know, why is the Christian you know faith going you know you know going kind of down the tubes in, in some areas and you know it's it's you know it's. It starts with, you know, you know, and I'll bring it around again, you know, getting mm-hmm. into your scripture, the Bible, your biblical interpretation, your Bible, how are you reading it, you know, yep. Yep. and, and, and to your point, you know, it's, you know, it is, it is, it's about, it's all about Jesus and it's about what yeah. he did that we could not accomplish. Mm-hmm. And to your point, it's not, it's not about, you know, me, my feelings, how I think, what I want. You know, it's about what God says, and this is this is our framework for life as a Christian. Yep, that's it. So, well, I mean these are these are rabbit holes that we know we can spend hours talking on, and you and I have been known to have multiple hour conversations on <laughs> something very similar. You know, in our method to understand Scripture and all that, and. You know, and I'd love to give the readers like 14 hours of you and I commentating on on stuff like this, but they'd probably get bored after about hour three. Oh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I know we're coming up on an hour and it's like, yeah, I, I feel yeah. like I, to me, I feel like we're just getting into it. And again, we're I'll say just this, getting started. Just yeah. get, we're just getting started. And yeah. this is this is like. You know, this is what I love about what we do. It's yeah. it's, a, it's a conversation. We don't. I don't have any notes. We're just we're just yeah. talking here. This is all free minded tonight. Yeah. No no agenda. No agenda. No notes. Uh, no uh, outline for better or for worse. Uh, we just wanted to dig into some yep. different topics. Get caught up. And you know what? Weigh all things against scripture. It is the yep. authority uh, for yep. everything. So. I know you need to get going, man. Yeah, uh, sadly. Yeah, we kept you on here. Uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about the new addition to your family. We'll do that. Yeah, no, not, we're gonna have to do like a we're gonna have to do like a part two of this and just pick yeah. back up where we left off because this is this is great. And you know, I told my wife tonight. I said this is the first time that you and I have been able to sit down and commit to recording without one of us being somewhere busy or with prior obligations. So. Yeah. It's been a busy year, and uh, I was blessed and my wife allowed me to sneak away for an hour. But I have to go play dad and uh, take care of my daughter, get her to bed, and all that jazz. So, Yeah, no, we appreciate your time. And this is a matter of truth. We appreciate your support. You can find us um, yep. on Instagram. You can find Undying Light on Instagram. You can find Speak.GospelTruth on Instagram. Um, and we appreciate all of your support and um, we're going to start consistently getting back into this Alex right yeah yeah yeah. our intentions are to start recording more content for you yeah and we already have uh, our next guest lined up Uh, his name is Dave Jenkins he wrote the book the word explored the problem of biblical illiteracy and what to do about it so we're super excited and that's kind of what we've been talking about today Um, hermeneutics uh, Mm -hmm. biblical interpretation understanding that 
a right and proper understanding of how to interpret scripture yeah. and read it. So it's a big way. Exactly. Yep. It, it really is. And how I love how yep. everything is yep. tied together. It's a big, big web. It really is. So yep. anyway, thank you. We're a matter of truth. God bless you. Keep you safe through the week. And uh, we'll see you next time. Okay. Yeah. See you guys. Thanks. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend the real housewives is a guilty pleasure for most but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure tune in to everything iconic with me danny pellegrino where i break down all the messy moments and behind the scenes antics of bravo's popular franchise and on everything iconic i also interview celebrity guests like kelly ripa kiki palmer drew barrymore cameron diaz and more about their guilty pleasures their past work and so much more so if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality tv like me tune in to everything iconic with danny pellegrino wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.